Welcome to the Illuminating Mycelium Podcast. The podcast for everyday people by everyday people. I'm your host, Project Dave, and I'm back at it again to continue highlighting and amplifying the lives, ventures, and endeavors of everyday people just like you and me and learning from them along the way. Features Coach Bus driver Jerry Los of Janesville, Wisconsin. We discuss his experiences on the road and transportation, what it's been like living in various parts of the Midwest, his work with the Salvation Army, and much more. So without further ado, here comes Jerry. When talking about everyday people and their stories, we can't help but talk about all their hard work. So grab a cup of coffee. I often think about what fuels a lot of these everyday folks, as well as what sustains me personally. Coffee certainly helps, but it can't just be any coffee. It's gotta be coffee made by everyday people for everyday people. The kind that when you brew it in a pot, it kind of just draws everyone to the kitchen and they're sniffing that aroma. Our beans are sourced from small businesses in the heart of the Appalachia. My personal favorite, the Route 39 blend from Lexington Roasters is a Forbes top ranked coffee. You can also check the notes on each blend to determine flavor profiles, shipping, and more. Beans are roasted on a weekly basis to ensure freshness. So if you're looking for some extra fuel to aid you in your everyday lives, ventures, and endeavors, go to thegrindbluefield.com backslash shop dash coffee dash roast or click the link in the description to pick out your next coffee beans and brew a pot of happiness. The grind never stops. Jerry, thanks for taking the time to come on the podcast and tell us about yourself. Thank you. Yes, I am a certified motor coach driver uh, with Coach USA Van Gelder out of Janesville, Wisconsin. Been doing that now for about five years. Uh, do a line run basically from uh, Janesville to Chicago and then turn into a mega bus and go from Chicago, Milwaukee, Madison, switch over there. And then we continue uh, with other drivers that go from Madison all the way to Minneapolis-St. Paul. So there's quite a bit of an area covered then. Yes. Yeah. We, you know, and then they turn around and they come back from Minneapolis, you know, St. Paul area all the way back to uh, Chicago. And eventually the driver does make it back to Janesville, Wisconsin, where our home base is. Awesome. Yeah, and, was- and we, you know, have charters that go all over. The United States couldn't tell you because I don't do the charter department very often. So, right. you know, but we cover a lot of area. Gotcha. How many miles do you usually put in each day? I put in approximately 300 miles a day. That's quite a bit. Yep. It so sure what do is. you do to stay busy while you're out on the road? What's that? What do you do to stay busy while you're out on the road? Well, uh, you're driving, so you can't do anything but keep your eyes on the road keep your eyes on the other drivers you know the other semi drivers other motor coach drivers you know just making sure that you're keeping not only your coach safe but most importantly keeping your passengers safe so you're not blaring the music out there oh <laughs> no 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 by at times i've even been asked to turn it down and i i can barely hear it because of all the wind that's hitting the windshield and I barely hear it. And I'll have a businessman that'll come up periodically and say, 
could you please turn down, turn, turn, either turn it down or turn it completely off? Okay. Yeah. Are there a lot of business people that travel on the buses? You know, from the, say, from the regional, from uh, Janesville to Chicago, and during the weekdays, quite a few. You know, we get the airline pilots, the uh, stewardess, and that, that, you know, within the plane. Uh, that live within the region, and they'll hop on our bus and go down to the O'Hare International Airport. Gotcha. Yeah, I was just curious because, you know, I feel like there's different dynamics of who, you know, who's all riding the bus. Like, are they doing it for business? Are they going to see family? You know, just different kind of events that... Yeah, I would say all different kind of events because, you know, yeah, you have the business, but then you do have, you know, those, and the mega bus especially, are going, you know, most likely to see family uh, to and from, you know, and whatever right. other activity that they're doing. But uh, for the motor coach, you know, of a line run, they're they're getting on, and probably it's a uh, business trip that they're going. You know, get on a plane in at O'Hare, and then go to wherever they're going. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Because I've never ridden a, a coach bus before. Well, I guess I have a few times, but usually, like, if I'm traveling long distances, I usually go by plane. But I could see why it'd be kind of relaxing to just, you know, ride in a bus. And- right. Well, with, with the regional area, you know, like Janesville to Chicago, you wouldn't have a plane that would take you from Janesville to O'Hare. It's just too yeah. small of area. So, you know, they have private jet but again a commercial airliner is not going to who has the money for a private jet <laughs> right right so that's where your motor coach industry comes in gotcha you know? no i'm sure that you've probably had some interesting experiences interacting with some of the riders but are there any positive experiences that you can think of where maybe you know someone that was riding either gave you a gift or said thank you or some sort of experience like that uh periodically we you know we don't expect tips but we do accept tips um you do get thank yous on on occasion the tips are the the biggest thing because it really does show your appreciation to the driver especially you know if you're getting them there safely you're not doing a lot of lane changing you know um you're really looking out for your passengers and so you must have a lot of five-star reviews then <laughs> very well, smooth ride <laughs> you know, I, I have had people tell me that i'm a very good driver that i put them asleep so yeah. if i if i can put them asleep that i have done my job and that's what a lot of passengers have told me that they've been on a lot of different coaches never fell asleep but when they got on mine they were very comfortable very relaxed and they fell asleep Well, that's interesting, too, because, I mean, you were just saying you've been doing it for five years. And before that, you weren't really much of like a a truck driver or anything like that. Right. Not 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 per se that way. I've done school bus for X number of years and in a different variety of uh, capacity, you know, um, with the one job that where I was transporting kids to a camp or adults to a camp, you know, but those were you know buses that were re remade and sold to another 
local charity or whatever the case might be. Yeah. But I have drove school bus for a number of years, but it is a total different experience when you get in a motor coach. But you seem to enjoy it, though. You like it. Oh, yeah. I really, really do. do for a while. Yep. And the, the passengers tell me, you know, they are surprised when I tell them I've been only doing it for five years. They're like, <laughs> only five years? Like, yeah. They're like, well, it feels like you've been doing it for a lifetime. <laughs> no, it's only been five years. Yeah. Okay, cool. And I can't remember. Did you mention, did you say that you have done a few charters before? Or? Uh, a few, not very many, because uh, when I was hired through our local company, Van Gelder's in Janesville, I was a previous school bus driver with them for, it was over 20 years ago. And when I came back this time around five years ago, they wanted me to go into the motor coach industry. And it wasn't very long after that, that they asked if I would do line run. So I've done some very local charters, you know, within our regional area of, you know, between. But you've never gone outside the Midwest? No, no, not with, not with the motor coach. Okay. I was just curious because I was going to say that would be quite the drive going like cross country in a motor coach. I I imagine that would get very tiring. (laughs) Well, and we, we do have, you know, sometimes it might be four or five drivers that may go and maybe we're doing um, like right now we're doing um, mines in uh, Nevada, Elko, Nevada. Sometimes I'll take out, you know, four or five coaches, but they're also taking out, you know, four or five people, you know, and they just switch or they get in a hotel and spend the night and then, you know, continue on the next day. So, you know, you don't do it all because you're you are legally limited to 10 hours a day of driving. Okay. You know, uh, that's not including your breaks, but, you know, maximum of 15 hours uh, working in a day and maximum 10 hour driving. Okay. Well, that's, that's nice that they put that in place for you because you know, you wouldn't want to fall asleep out on the road. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a federal <clears throat> guideline. We, we have to follow the federal guideline. That makes sense. Well, we appreciate your service as a bus driver. Cause I mean, as an essential worker, I know they probably go forgotten about or underappreciated. So yeah, sure uh, appreciate you busting them around. <laughs> when you look at the the recent uh, pandemic, and uh, you know it's been talked and kicked around about you know motor coach drivers getting vaccinated, and we're just our company just now within this next week or so are being offered to get vaccinated. And I've already got my first vaccination and I get my second one this week, but that was due to uh, being a veteran. And my uh, doctor saw that me as an essential worker and thought it was important to get me vaccinated as a veteran. Right. Well, that's good that you were able to get the dose. I know a lot of my friends and family are getting it this week too. So. Mm-hmm. All right. And then, um, so now let's talk a little bit about how you grew up in different, or not grew up, how you've lived in different parts of the Midwest. Cause you bounced around quite a bit from Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, Illinois, South Dakota. So what do you have like a favorite state or favorite city that you've lived in? You're listening to the illuminating mycelium podcast. 
If you're enjoying the show, you should come check out all of our fresh new merchandise and apparel that just dropped on our store. We've got t-shirts, pants, sweatshirts, hats, phone cases, water bottles, coffee mugs, shoot, even blankies, and a ton more. All made with comfy fabrics and premium materials, they feature our signature logos, catchphrases, guest picks, and come in all sizes. Now shipping nationwide right to your doorstep. Just go to IlluminatingMyceliumPodcast.com or click the link in the description to pick out your next gear and become the mycelium. Well, there's been a lot of different ones, like you have mentioned, you know. Uh, I have lived in a variety of, of states here in the Midwest, grew up in, in Iowa for 13 years of my life, and then from there we moved on. Um, you know, one of my places that I lived was Rapid City, loved the Rapid City area with all it had to offer. Uh, Janesville, where I currently live uh, and reside, I've been there for X number of years and, and love the city. It's just one of my favorite places to go back to. And when I was offered to get this job with Van Gelder, where their home base is, Janesville, I took up that offer and moved back there because I did love the city. And I do love the city. Right. And ultimately, you're a Packers fan, too. So. Oh, yes. Yep. Go Pack. <laughs> <laughs> so Wisconsin has a big place in your heart then. Yes. Yeah. I've lived there uh, 20 plus years because I... Uh, graduated high school from uh, Janesville, Wisconsin, uh, lived there numerous times, went back to visit every chance I got to do that. I actually lived in the uh, city of Green Bay uh, for four years, I think it was. And uh, one during one of those times, uh, my friends, when they found out I was moving to Green Bay, they said, you have to take them to the Super Bowl. <laughs> and would you not, you will not believe this, but the first year that we did move there, the pack did go to the Super Bowl and, and we year. won. Nice. So did <laughs> I have anything to do with it? Absolutely not. But they, you know, then we went to second year, but did not make that one. But okay. So that was a good old Brett Favre. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so gotcha. Okay. So. The Midwest is definitely has a big place in your life. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Um, last set of questions. Let's talk a little bit about your time in the military because you had mentioned that you're a veteran. Mm-hmm. So you were in the Navy, correct? Yes. Okay. And you you went on, I think, a, like one tour or a couple of tours, right? Yeah, I went on various tours. I um, was stationed out in uh, Bremerton, Washington with the Naval Force there. Um, did go overseas there on the uh, Pacific Coast side. And then uh, two and a half years later, had a chance to go to the Atlantic side of the uh, sea and uh, went on, you know, a couple tours there. And I think I counted up about 17 countries I've been to. I can't name them all now, but yeah. been to 17 different countries. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. And uh if you ask me, my favorite country would probably, well, besides uh, Israel, uh, beyond that would be Australia. And I, I just loved Australia and would love to go back there. But 
But what about all the spiders and snakes? And I didn't, I didn't see all that. So I guess you know, if they're there, they're there. But I did not see them. But I just, you know, the people were so friendly, and mm-hmm. you know, saw the kangaroos, saw the koala bears. I mean, it was just, you know, it was just so like America. Yeah, you know, and you know, it, but you know, it was just a country in its own, and I and I just loved Australia. Now, when you went to Israel, did you get a chance to go to the the Wailing Wall? I believe it's called. Yep we we I got to we were there for I think four or five days, and I got a two day tour in there. And you know it's it doesn't do justice when you do only two days, and you're trying to see all the Christian aspects of of Christ's walk here on Earth, and you just can't do that in in that short of time. You know, there's people that go on a month's tour and still cannot get to everything of that, you know, back in the in Christ's time on earth. Right. But, uh, you know, it's an, I did get to do a tour. I said two days, um, did do the Wailing Wall, I saw where Christ was born, uh, the Garden of Gethsemane. And you can see exactly of what the Bible says. And when you go there, you can see the the skull that they talk about in the form of the mountain there. You can actually see it. It's still there. Wow. Well, back in when I was in there in the <laughs> 80s, so I'm guessing it's still there today. Yeah. But, you know, you can definitely see those. Okay, that makes me want to travel there now because yeah. I just heard a lot of cool things. Right. Also, I mean, the Vatican, too, you know, same thing with all the artifacts there and, mm-hmm. you know. Right. All right. Cool. Cool. Well, is there anything else you want to share about your time in the military? You um, gave you some good life lessons and stuff. Kept you out of trouble. <laughs> kept me out of trouble. That's for sure. Uh, my duties on board the ship was to run the ship store, barbering, uh, laundering, vending machines. So you think that that would be one of my jobs that I went to after the military, <laughs> but you know, it just didn't happen that way. And um, but it was good, good uh, four years. If I had to do it over again, yes, I would do it again. Maybe not at this age, but <laughs> if I was younger, yes, I would do it over again. I hear you. Yeah. All right. Thanks for sharing that with us. Um. Well, that's all I have. Is there anything you want to say to our listeners before we end this episode here? Well, one of the things that we were going to talk about was the Salvation Army. Oh, yes. I forgot about the, the bell ringing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about that. Uh, I've been with the, active with the Salvation Army. It was a, um, started out as a youngster there, <laughs> if you will. I was like 18, 19 years old, and my best friend, we're still best friends today, after 40 years, uh, invited me. And so I started out doing that, became a volunteer, became a member. Uh, became a staff member, and then I became also ultimately a pastor with the Salvation Army, and I did that for for five years. And uh, bell ringing, it has a place in my heart. I have done that well over 20 years. Right now in Janesville, I do the counter kettles for the Salvation Army, and that's all to uh, the local little restaurants and the real small stores that don't get a lot of traffic, but you get a lot of donations in the uh, those counter kettles. And I, I had that up. I have usually about 60, 65 kettles that I'm responsible for 
during the uh, Christmas in July and then also the regular Christmas season. So in Janesville. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in Rock County, because now we're known as the Rock County uh, Salvation Army because we've joined with Beloit. But yeah, in my off time, which is not very, you know, <laughs> as we were sharing before we started this interview, I do work six days on, two days off. Right. And so this is my weekend of the two days. I don't get the same two days off. So during those seasons when I'm belt with the counter kettles, I'm doing those on my days off. So I'm trying to keep caught up with, you know, if somebody's got a full kettle, counter kettle, they'll call me, leave me a message, and then I go pick it up. It might be on my work day after I'm done with my route, or if it's close enough to my weekend, the off, then I'll go pick up at that time. But yeah, Salvation Army has a very special place in my heart and uh, always has and always will. No, with the bell ringing specifically, because, you know, we talked about the pandemic before. Has any of that changed? Like, do you see more donations being done digitally? Because, you know, I'm not sure if you've heard of like Cash App and Venmo. A lot of places Mm -hmm. are hopping on board with that. So I was Mm -hmm. curious if more people are switching to that versus physical cash and the kettles, you know. Well, I think uh, more and more you're you're starting to see that happen, even within our our, uh, coach industry. We're going trying to go cashless and yeah. credit cardless. We're trying to get them to go online, buy their tickets. So that way, if there's another pandemic of of a sort, we don't know what the future holds. Yeah. So what we're trying to do is to have people go and do that. If you're older, you say like our parents' age that are you know ninety ninety one. They don't have access or don't know how to go online. What we do is we tell them to, you know, have a family member. There's got to be a young family member. And you see that, you know, with even the counter or not the counter kettles as much, but the big uh, kettle stands that you see at your Walmarts and grocery stores and whatever. They're now having a little tag up there that you do the QR code. Yep. I know and then uh, hit that and then that'll take them right to the site where they can donate and it, it is a secured way right. of donating. Okay. Yeah. I would imagine that, you know, with the pandemic and then even beyond that, that that'll become a lot more popular. I mean, you know, I'm sure that there will still always be a need for kettles, but. Oh yeah. There you always have. I mean, you know, the pandemic has done, uh, you know, so much to so many people with losing jobs and, you know, unemployment and you know numbers have just increased dramatically and so you've got all these without jobs that okay how are they feeding their family how are they going to pay their rent how are they going to pay their utility bills they're reaching out and you know where do they go they come to the salvation army they go to wherever their charity is to try and reach out and say what can you do to help me to keep me above water yeah. And that's and that's what we try to do is to keep them above water. Well, that's good that you guys do that. That work is very appreciated. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. And I assume, I mean, Christmas is a long ways away, but you said that Christmas in July, you have mm-hmm. an event for that, right? Mm-hmm. So that's coming up. Yep. That, uh, again, it's about a two-week stint that we do. Uh, sometimes some of the uh, uh, Salvation Armies may do it earlier part of July. Some will do it in the 
latter part of July. It just depends on their kind of schedules that they got. But you know, we don't we don't go to all uh, stores, you know, because all stores don't want to participate, yeah. and that's okay because we don't want to take away from the true uh, Christmas and then lose that part of it. Right. And so what we want to do is reach out to those that will. And I might put out 20, 30 kettles at Christmas in July, counter kettles, where at Christmas I put out 60. So I don't want to lose yeah. that. So, you know, um, but it's vitally important because the need is there year round. It's not just at True. Christmas. Yeah. You know, there's people that need help throughout the year. So if I donate for that, am I allowed to say Merry Christmas during the summer <laughs> to people? You know, I I have <laughs> not I have not done, you know, the actual you know, because again of my job, I can't, you know, I don't know what they say out there because yeah. I'm I'm too busy with Happy my job. holidays or whatever. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what would I just I would probably just tell them God bless you. Thank you and God yeah. bless you. Okay. You know, and not, you know, because you, again, you don't want to take the true meaning of Christmas away. Right. You know, so even though we say Christmas in July, but I guess for me is let's not take the true meaning of Christmas away. And so. All right, cool. Thanks for sharing that with us. Was there mm -hmm. anything else about the Salvation Army you want to cover or you think we got most of it? I think we got most of it. <laughs> Yeah, that's all I've got, unless you can think of anything else. No, I think we hit it all. All right, well, thanks for taking your time and coming on the podcast to share more with us. All right, thank you, and may God bless all your listeners. God bless you, too. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed the show and had fun while learning more from everyday people just like yourselves. To support us and help us spread these stories even further, please consider giving us a review or rating on whichever platform you're streaming from. There will be links in the description box just in case you can't find it. And for more news and all things everyday people, join our newsletter by going to our website. By joining, you'll also gain exclusive offers and discounts on Illuminating Mycelium merchandise and apparel from our store. Just go to IlluminatingMyceliumPodcast.com or click the link in the description and become the Mycelium.